BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Did Mohammed really exist? Now, you might think this was a silly question, but in fact, online now on YouTube... An increasing number of videos have been made, mainly, I think, by missionary Christians from a certain background, uh, questioning his existence. Um, So I thought I'd just do uh, a brief video just surveying the historical evidence from a reputable historian just to see what the truth of the matter is. And I'll just turn again to uh, the wonderful Jonathan A.C. Brown book, Mohammed, a very short introduction. He's a recognised expert on this subject chosen by Oxford University Press to share uh, with its readers the truth about Mohammed from an historian's point of view. So I'll just share with you this very question. Did Mohammed really exist? Revisionist history. That's how this section of the book is entitled. I'll just read to you what... Uh, Jonathan Brown has to say. Now, um, he gives a long survey at the beginning about the problems that uh, some people see with establishing the existence of Muhammad as an historical person. And then he concludes with what mainstream historians are saying about this subject. Modern historians have generally concluded that by reading the Sira in light of the various influences and agendas pursued within the text, we can sift out forged reports. Looking at the material that remains, we can retrieve an authentic kernel that represents the historical reality of Muhammad's career. According to this mainstream scholarly opinion, scepticism about the details of the Sira should not lead us to doubt its overall narrative. Some Western historians, however, have called for more extreme scepticism towards Muslim sources. Known as revisionist historians, these scholars point out that we have no detailed history for Islam or biography of Muhammad for some 150 years after his death. Moreover, what we do have is all written by Muslims. These Muslims thus had over a century to manufacture whatever history they wanted about Muhammad and his faith. How then can we trust any Muslim version of his life or the origins of Islam? How do we know that Muhammad even existed? In a controversial 1977 book entitled Hagarism, the historians Patricia Crone and Michael Cook argued that we can circumvent these challenges by relying on non-Muslim sources to reconstruct the origins of Islam. Not only were such sources not biased towards glorifying Muhammad, 
they were also much older than our earliest Muslim histories. Using Christian sources such as the writings of an Armenian bishop named Sibius from the 1660s CE, Cook and Crone contended that Islam was really a form of late Messianic Judaism. Awakened to the Abrahamic roots, Muhammad and the Arabs had joined with the Jews of the Hijaz in an apocalyptic movement to retake the Abrahamic homeland of Palestine. Crook and Crone conclude from Christian sources that Muhammad was, in fact, still alive during the Muslim conquest of Syria. The scholar John Wandsborough also argued that we can never locate the, fa the factual kernel of the historical Muhammad. All we can discover is the sacred history constructed by the Muslim community as it gelled in the late 700s and early 800s. In his books, Quranic Studies and The Sectarian Milieu, Wandsborough argues that it was at this time that the Muslims constructed the Quran and the Sira to create a religious vision anchored in 7th century Arabia. The life of Muhammad and the Quran were merely cobbled together from elements drawn from the ancient, ancient Near Eastern religious heritage. Based on archaeological evidence, the Israeli historian Yehuda Nivo argued that Islam was originally a form of vague monotheism which only solidified into its Mohammedan form after 692 AD. He points to a papyrus tax receipt from Egypt dated 22 Hijri, which begins with the formula in the name of God, but makes no mention of Muhammad. Nevo states that we do not see the phrase mentioning Muhammad until a coin minted in Damascus in 72 Hijri, with the phrase Muhammad is the messenger of God. And then uh, Jonathan Brown puts in brackets, in fact, there is an earlier coin mentioning his name issued in 66 Hijri. After 692, however, Muhammad's name appears regularly in Umayyad coins and monumental inscriptions. The person of Muhammad before that time, Nevo concludes, must not have been a significant part of Islam. So Nevo concludes that Muhammad was not a significant part of Islam at all. Most modern scholars, however, object to the revisionist recasting of Muhammad and the origins of Islam. In other words, they reject these revisionist theories. First of all, how were Muslims able to orchestrate a conspiracy as massive as rewriting the entire first century of their history? We must remember that during this time, the Muslim community was racked by civil wars and sectarian strife. Warring Umayyad, Karajite, Shiite and Abbasid Muslims could not agree on anything, let alone join forces to rewrite their collective history. As for the absence of archaeological evidence naming Muhammad before 691, it is not conclusive. Just because no earlier coins or evidence have survived does not mean they did not exist. Perhaps the Arabs continued their tradition of oral commemoration and did not record such things in written form. Finally, the Quran itself 
is the most conclusive evidence that the Muslim narrative of Muhammad's mission, mission is reliable in its overall structure. Unlike the Sirah, the Quran bears no traces of civil war or sectarian propaganda. It never mentions Ali, Abu Bakr or the Umayyads. Furthermore, there are no conflicting versions of the Quran. If the Quran was not affected by these forces, it must have taken permanent form before them. This means that the Quran consists of material dating back to the time of the Prophet or soon after his death. One person the Quran does mention by name is Muhammad, urging his followers over and over again to obey God and his messenger. Muhammad thus seems to have been very important to Islam indeed. We must also be cautious of uncritically accepting Christian descriptions of Muhammad's teachings. Christian writers may not have been biased towards Muhammad, but they were certainly not objective observers. They were describing the faith of the armies that had just steamrolled over them, so it is not surprising that they saw Islam and Muhammad in an inexact light. To rely solely on these Christian sources in writing the history of Muhammad would be like writing a history of the Soviet Union during the Cold War using only American newspapers. I think that's a rather clever analogy. More importantly, viewed together, these early non-Muslim sources paint a picture of Islam that does not actually differ markedly from the major themes of the Muslim version. The Greek historian of the first century before the Common Era, Diodorus, mentions a temple in the Hejaz honoured by the peoples of Arabia. And the second century AD Alexandrian geographer, Ptolemy, mentions the Arabian towns of Yathripa and Mekoraba. Sound familiar? We thus know that Mecca and Yathrib and most likely the Kaaba, existed long before Islam. Moreover, the Jewish historian Josephus, who died in the first century AD, tells us that it had long been held that the Arabs were the descendants of Abraham through Ishmael. Non-Muslim sources certainly leave, leave no doubt that a prophetic figure named Muhammad existed and they provide an unsurprising description of what he meant to his followers. An anti-Jewish Christian text written in 634, just two years after Muhammad's death, notes how the armies of an Arabian prophet had conquered Palestine. Writing in the year 687, the Mesopotamian Christian monk John of Fanak wrote that the Muslims considered Muhammad to be their guide and instructor who taught the Arabs to worship the one God in accordance with ancient law. He remarks how strictly they kept to the tradition of Muhammad. Another mid-8th century Syriac Christian writer tells us that Muhammad went on caravan journeys to Syria as a youth. An anonymous chronicle written in the mid-700s in the Zukin Monastery in northern Mesopotamia calls Muhammad the first king of Arabs who considered him a prophet because he turned them in from polytheism to worship of the one God. Muhammad gave them laws 
and they called him the messenger of God, end quote. So clearly there is an abundance of very early reliable evidence from non-Muslim sources and Muslim sources. The Quran itself names Muhammad. The Quran is now securely dated in the form, even that we have it today, back to, back to the even the lifetime of the Prophet or very shortly after his death, according to the majority view of Western scholars and obviously Muslim scholars too. So if you were to come across any YouTube videos or any other missionary propaganda casting doubt on Muhammad's existence, um, I do recommend you get a good reliable scholarly analysis of the facts from a, uh, a world-class academic publisher uh, to get the reliable factual information and not rely on missionary propaganda. Till next time. Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to $200 in fee-free overdraft with a Chime checking account. Sign up today at chime.com slash goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply.